0: Welcome to Aspire to Rise, where we are teaming up to serve leaders and help them process through a challenge they're facing. I'm
1: Joshua Stamper. And I'm Sarah Johnson. Now let's ascend to new leadership heights together. Friends, we are so excited that you are joining us for this Aspire to Rise segment. I once believed that leadership was lonely until a mentor of mine clarified that leadership is actually austere there are times when we are faced with challenges that we can't connect with anyone in the moment to help us. And then there are times when that we face challenges that are so complex that the best thing we can do is find an ear and process through it with somebody that we trust. And so Joshua and I have decided it's time for us to be that ear that somebody can process through their challenges. And we want to share those conversations with you so that we can all grow together. So Joshua, in order for our listeners, you know, we're joining on this journey together and sharing with our podcast listeners on each of our platforms. Mm -hmm. I just want to know a little bit about your leadership journey. What is it that brought you to this space to want to be able to serve leaders through their challenges?
0: Yeah, it's actually something that I've gone through personally in especially early in my leadership journey is having someone to bounce ideas off of and to learn from. I've said it on my podcast many times about mentorship and how important I think that is. But then also, you know, as a leader, I don't think that ends or should end. I think there's people that you need to have in your life, and it could be multiple people. I, I'm thinking right now, I've probably got a handful of people that I go to, including you, Sarah, um, for guidance and coaching, and it doesn't matter if you've been a leader for a day or for 10 years. I think it's really important that you always have someone that you can go to to get some feedback and some wisdom from.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think something that you said that just struck me is our timing of this. I think that I continue to hear leaders say, even though they've been in 18 years or 32 years, they feel like they're entering their first year this upcoming year. Do you feel that way?
0: Oh, most definitely.
1: (laughs) So Joshua and I both believe in timing and we've been, we just rolled this idea around because we both have a desire to serve not only with our own experiences, but just with our belief that finding people to process through and help us see better solutions than we might see ourselves is something that we've both gained from. So before I jump into mine, Joshua, I'm curious, would you share a little bit about, because my listeners may not know you. I think that would be shocking, but I've only amplified women. So I would love for them to hear (laughs) about your leadership journey and maybe the roles that you've served.
0: Yeah. So my journey is a little bit crazy. I was actually a graphic designer before I even entered education. And my, my position actually got dissolve because of the economy. And I went back to school to become a teacher. And so I was an art major. And so it was logical to become an art teacher. And so that's what I did. And within my third year, I was asked to coach. And so I took that on and coached football, basketball, and track. Because of that experience, it actually opened up my influence quite a bit to the entire campus. And I was making a lot of decisions for different students and got a lot of good feedback from teachers, and that actually went to my administration, where my assistant principal then tapped me on the shoulder and asked if I had ever thought about becoming an administrator. And at the time, I was only in my third year of teaching, so I felt like I was just trying to get a grasp on the teaching profession itself. And so, of course, I really hadn't thought about leadership at all. And had no experience in leadership. And so I took that to heart. And really that conversation changed my trajectory completely. And within two months, I was in a master's program for educational leadership and starting to get my uh, principal licensure. And within three years, I was a dean of students and then rose up to the assistant principal the next year. And I've been an assistant principal for eight years all at the middle school level and absolutely loved every bit of it. It's been challenging, but it's been so rewarding too.
1: And you were basically tapped on the shoulder to ask to get into leadership. It's not something that you dreamed of for yourself. It was somebody that had to basically sponsor you even more so than mentoring, just trying to push you into it. Is that accurate?
0: Yeah, that's very much so.
1: I just wanted the the listeners to hear, too, because I think you and I teaming up together bring interesting dynamics together that are pretty well-rounded when you look at it. So could you just share a little bit about your context in regard to the size of the school that you're in and, you know, the location where you are?
0: Yeah, so I'm in the North Texas area right now. I'm in a pretty affluent area. Um, But it's very diverse, which I absolutely love because we get so many different cultures. And I feel like I learn something in every single day from our community. And I just love that aspect of it. Like I said, I'm at a middle school level. So that's, you know, six, six through eighth grade. We have 17 middle schools, if that just kind of gives you an idea of how big we are. And I'm in a school that's close to a thousand kids. So um, this area in the North Texas area, it's just growing so much. And so this year's especially going to be very different because of COVID. And we only have we're, we're actually doing two different things. We're doing the online learning and face to face. And so we actually will only have half of our students on campus. So about 450 students. So I'm interested to see what this model is going to look like.
1: I love your context. And you've also, you know, you've been in different campuses, correct? I mean, is it the same district, different buildings, or how does that work?
0: So I've been in two different districts and four different buildings. So obviously, it's two different districts, but I would say even every campus is so very distinct. And, you know, one campus can be very fluent, and then the next campus can be a Title One school. And I've had that happen. So Um, I've been on both types of campuses and obviously every campus has their own needs. Um, It's just identifying what those are and and finding the the correct solutions for them. But yeah, I'm very excited about the campus that I'm at right now because this will be my third year. And just like teaching in my third year, I felt like I had my my bearings too much to what that profession looked like. I feel like when I changed districts, I felt like I was a brand new AP again um, because the Mm -hmm. systems were so different. So this year, I feel like I'm starting to to have my groove. The initiatives that I've started um, are certain. I'm starting to see the benefits of that. And yeah, I just feel like this third year, there's a lot of momentum right now.
1: I love that. because I always say the third year is the sweet spot. And even when teachers would come in and you be like, just get to the third year, then, you know, the families, yeah. you know, you know, the kids, you you're starting to grab some of the systems and The politics and the community engagements and all of that that just really make a difference to help you lead strong. So that's awesome. So you're the host of the Aspire Leadership Development Podcast. And so not only do you bring your own experience, but you've absorbed so much from those conversations that you've had. So you want to talk a little bit about that, how many, you know, guests you've amplified and other spaces that you're leading that brings you to this ability to be able to serve the people we're gonna be talking to.
0: Yeah. So honestly, this all stemmed from in my last. District, I had the opportunity to be a part of a cadre where it was myself and five other assistant principals from the district were actually building a program for aspiring leaders. And we did that for two years. And I absolutely love that program because we really tried our best to create a experience that was for our aspiring leaders to get out of their classrooms, out of their buildings and actually become leaders and get that experience. So um, we were very hands-on. We had a lot of guest speakers, like simulations for them to interact with. And so we got a lot of great feedback from not only our participants, but then from the district. And the district loved it so much that they actually took that program and built it into their own system. And so we no longer had our hand in that. And so the following year, I was just longing to do something with aspiring leaders so i got with a couple friends and um, one of them being todd sloney of kids deserve it and i actually got to visit his campus and he was recording one of his kids deserve it podcasts and after witnessing that experience i was like todd that actually looked pretty easy and now looking back it was because todd's amazing (laughs) he made it look so so simple but it had great impact and so after talking with him i figured out i can do the same thing like I can try and create a product that can help aspiring leaders, where they may not have that opportunity on their campus, and they may not have a mentor, but maybe they can turn to this podcast and get some insight and wisdom from all these fantastic leaders. So that's what I did. I started asking people to be on the show, and I've had the phenomenal opportunity to have over—I think I'm at episode 115. Plus, there's bonus episodes, so. Um, I'm probably closer to 200 at this point, but it's just been such a, an amazing journey and one that I get growth from every single time I interview someone. But hopefully people find value from the podcast also.
1: Well, we both know that it's more than hope. People find value from that all the time. I'm constantly hearing about, oh, that Joshua Stamper, that podcast is amazing. And I've <laughs> definitely gained well, from you. listening to it and, <laughs> and have enjoyed Talking to you on it, So it definitely, I just want to make sure that the listeners heard that, that when we engage with these leaders that we're doing it because we see the need to, mm-hmm. um, in addition to amplifying stories, we also see the need to serve a little bit deeper, which is one of the whole reasons we want to do this together.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sarah, I got to ask because, you know, this goes both ways. My listeners have heard you on the Inspire podcast. In fact, I don't know if I even told you this, but you are one of my top 10 played episodes.
1: Oh my goodness. That's amazing. I didn't know that
0: right? So I know my listeners are listening, but if for some reason they haven't heard the episode of you explaining your leadership journey, will you just share that with listeners?
1: And honestly, I don't even know how much my listeners know a lot about my own journey because I don't talk about myself very much. So I was, you know, I've been fortunate to have leadership kind of embedded in every single role that I've served for my whole life, but really it became formal when I was in my first teaching experience. And I taught in a school that was 300 kids K-12. So it's just such a different context from yours. And that's why I love how rich it is. But we had, you know, I was the only Mm -hmm. English teacher. So I taught English 6 through 12 on a cart, but then I also served in a district role for the entire time I was in the classroom. So in addition to teaching, I was running all in services, even from the time I was 22 years old. So talking to, you know, phi about putting writing into their curriculum and working on the dynamics associated with being a bright-eyed, 22-year-old, fresh-faced um, young teacher trying to, to help improve veteran staff, you know, and all along the gamut. So in that role too, it kind of morphed over time. I was a part of a $100,000 school reform grant that I did. So then I, was, I shared so many different titles from writing coach to school improvement facilitator where I was able to mm. basically help bring in... Professional learning communities as a teacher leader, and I always knew that I wanted to be a principal. And so I was able to lead at um, in that formal role at the elementary in my first gig, and then I moved from uh, into the seven twelve, and then I served for four years as a high school principal. But again, being in districts where they're small, the the first district that I served in as the elementary principal, we had four hundred kids total K-12. Um, and then when I moved into the high school role, I had 350 kids, about 50 staff members certified and classified. And, and in that role too, I mean, the thing that I can bring to this is that I've, as we say in the cliche, you wear so many hats. So I was never just mm-hmm. the high school principal. You know, I was always like a district level assessment coordinator, you know, educator effectiveness, K-12 coordinator. There was always something where I was working with right. all of the staff along the lines, because that's what happens in small schools. You know, we have to As take turns keeping the fires burning, as they said when I first applied for that teaching position. Uh So that's you know that's kind of like my formal journey. I also am in my superintendent licensing program now, even in this new leap. So I don't even know that my listeners know that that I haven't really just detached from school yet. I'm not done. Um, You know wherever God leads me, my listeners hear that, but. I love being in schools and, and helping you know leaders process. So I'm a leadership coach now where I have seven principals on my list that I'm serving and they're principals in Michigan and Virginia. And I get to do that through Jimmy Koss' wonderful um, organization, but I'm also an adjunct professor. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm bringing like real time and then my old stuff. And I don't know, it's just, I love the idea of you and I teaming up to serve people and not just the the guests yes. that we'll interview. I just, we know how powerful a podcast can be because I know that you and I are going to have conversations with people that we're going to be able to pull something from our own experiences and and we're going to be able to serve that person. But then everybody who's listening is going to hear something too. And I'm just so excited to do this with you.
0: Oh, me too. And I'm excited about the guests too, because I think a lot of times we think, oh, we're on an island. This is our only problem. Like no one else has this problem. And that's so far from the truth. And I think our listeners are going to bring so many, things that are going to also apply to everyone out there that's listening. So I'm so excited about this. And Sarah, will you just kind of let the listeners know about the format of these bonus episodes?
1: Yes. So we are working with, like we said, aspiring leaders. And I love, Joshua, that you said that they may not know, you know, they may feel like they're alone. Um, And I think that we all kind Mm -hmm. of come to that space in different spots. So we're kind of being a little bit intentional about the people we speak to at the start, but we're going to have a a problem that they're going to pose, one specifically, and they're just going to share with us the challenge that they're facing, and we'll be able to ask them questions and help them kind of get to the root of the issue. And then hopefully by the end of it, we have them coming up with their own solutions. Is that what you think too?
0: Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be something where we can ask some questions to get some more information. But yeah, I would love for us to be able to share some advice and maybe some experiences that we've had that maybe we either had failures and we learned from that failure or we had successes and we were able to share maybe some action steps that they can take too.
1: Absolutely. Along with some resources, because we know that that's going to be important. So listeners will be able to walk away from listening to all of that, as well as hopefully some new resources in their hands that we're able to gather and, and share. And then those, um, you know, those episodes we're looking to have around 20 to 25 minutes. So listeners will do them once a month to start out. That's our bandwidth. We know when we need to say yes and when we need to say no. Right.
0: And Sarah, so if our listeners right now are like, I have a problem, (laughs) I would love to get some coaching on that. What might they do to potentially get on the podcast?
1: So of course they know how to reach out to either one of us, but we will also start linking in our show notes after the episodes air an opportunity to join us. If you have an you know, a desire to be part of this aspire to rise segment as a guest. So we will link those when we air the episodes starting out in September.
0: I'm so excited to start this project with you, Sarah.
1: I would like to say that I am so excited as well to be a part of this project. I know it's going to impact our listeners, and I am so excited to not only show that we can be better together in the conversations that we have, but also that you and I can partner together and grow through this experience as well in real time. So thank you, listeners, and we're excited to bring these episodes to you every month.